Ahoy hoy, everybody. Welcome to episode 103 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Pat. Today we're joined by Chance. What's up? And Rick. Rick. Those of you wondering where Zach is, he is actually in Philadelphia being deposed on the charge of a serial egging. Is, is Zach the type of person who drives across state lines egging houses? Honestly, we'll find I, out. I, I, he's no chicken. I guess you can say that. <laughs> if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews, impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows, thoughts on the new Suicide Squad. I thought it was fun. I really liked it. I, I really enjoyed it as well. I thought it was as good as Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it was better than the first, which isn't, isn't that hard to do. Yeah, exactly. But um, I don't think it was as good as Guardians of the Galaxy. I put it a little bit below that, but it was still pretty good. All right, there you go. Go watch it on HBO Max if you haven't already. Or, or in see it in theaters and help out the box office. And risk. And risk the death of variant. Yeah. Uh, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> so uh we don't really have a topic of show this week we just have some new stories to go over so we're going to kind of change it up that way but first what have you been playing chance i did play a little bit of the nba 2k 21 you know the one that you gave me i also played a little bit of forza horizon 4 which i guess i'm just kind of getting in the mood for when 5 comes out on game pass which yeah you preloaded 5 and then you're like wait is 5 the one that is already out <laughs> Yeah, it didn't say preload. It just said like install or something. I mean, it did say preload. I don't really know. Um, I did also play the open beta for uh, Back for Blood. How was that? It was interesting. I mean, I'm glad. So, uh, like, it's the story isn't really like in your face. It's kind of like you just go point from safe house to safe house to safe house, going through like a linear path through a mission. And, you know, avoiding birds so you don't alert hordes and, you know, doing objectives to get to where you need to go and finding weapons along the way and currencies you can spend to upgrade your weapons. Progression in the game essentially takes place in like these, you get, you make your own deck of cards and these deck of cards uh, individually give you statistics that make your character do certain things better. And I'm sure you can find better rarity and have bigger, um, you know, decks of cards so I'm sure like, you know, things can get crazy in the end game and you can play at higher difficulties and probably that's where you can find all those rewards and stuff. I mean, the PVE seems to be where it's shining, where you're fighting hordes of zombies and special zombies that can make things difficult. Um, they did have a PVP. I played that as well, where you actually can play as the zombies and there are different types. And you uh, as when you play as the zombies, depending on your performance, you earn uh, currency that you can use to upgrade your type of zombie that you're playing or you can actually uh, while you're playing those special zombies um, npc uh horde zombies also spawn and go after and you can also upgrade them to make them harder to kill and faster and you know things like that so um, I mean, it just seems pretty interesting. It's pretty much like who can survive the longest. So if you're playing the zombies, you want to kill them as fast as possible. And then while you're humans, you're trying to survive as long as possible. And um, essentially the map gets smaller and smaller. So, you know, you can't run around as much. So it, it, it was really interesting. Obviously, that was just the beta and there's going to be a lot more to the game. I, I'm going to play a little bit more of it. But I'm, I am going to say I'm glad it's not. I'm glad it is on Game Pass because I don't know if I would spend the what seventy dollars or sixty dollars it was it's a full price game right yeah 60 bucks i don't know if i would spend that much money on it so i'm glad it's on game pass because i feel like i would definitely play it a lot on game pass well it's it's a game where you need people to play with so yeah like, it's it fun to have friends pass. if you have a bunch yeah. of friends it's fun to play and now that makes it easy everyone can get it for free oh i've been actually come back and played a little bit of cyberpunk 2077 i know i kind of took i mean a long break from it uh, I'm still obviously waiting for like, you know, the, the next, next gen. gen upgrade and I'll probably start over and play it again with the next gen upgrade and, and stuff because about time, you know, that happens, I'll probably like remember, forget everything that happened in the game. But yeah, uh, I mean, that's pretty much, I do need, I do, there are some things I need to go back to. I need to go back and finish Resident Evil. I need to go back and, uh, what was the other game that I need to beat? Uh, Biomutant? I, I, I have my thing again where I, where I almost beat games and then I like stop playing them at the very end and then I need to go back to finish them. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. Uh, Rick, how, how have you been? I've been well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Good. Um, what have you been playing? <laughs> uh, coincidentally enough, I uh, decided to protest Blizzard and Activision by taking Call of Duty out of my Xbox since 
probably since I played Resident Evil 8. It's been in my ex- like my new Xbox Series X since I got it, and then I took it out for Resident Evil 8, spent a week on that, beat that, then put it back in, but I decided to take it out, and I put in Cyberpunk, uh, mainly because I stopped playing it on my Xbox One because of all the issues, so I wanted to play it again once I got my Series X, so I just never did that. <laughs> Um, so I put the discs in earlier and it's fully loaded right now. So yeah, finally back into cyberpunk a little bit. Uh, speaking of games that I've already played, uh, still streaming a lot of Skyrim considering I have the baby and it's an easy game to kind of hop in and out of, um, last weekend, uh, the game pass, uh, Katamari Damacy reroll came out on game pass, which it's Katamari. It's a game I've been playing for probably like what? at least like 15, 16 years. I love the game a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's one of those games you can also easily pick up and put down. And since it is on the streaming, um, I started that last Friday and I beat it on Saturday. And it's just such a fun time. Like my wife even loves it. It's just an easy game to get in and out of. Um, Trying to think what else. I also played uh, Hades, got released on Game Pass yesterday. Um, no. Yeah, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Um, maybe today. Yeah, that sounds right. I've been playing Hades, and now that it's on Xbox, getting some of those achievements. Um, also a really fun game that you can easily pick up and put right back down. It was contender for Game of the Year last year for the Tuggies. Yep. It was definitely well worth it. It's a really great game, and I had beaten it on the Switch, so it's nice to go back and just play it again. Um... So yeah, and then I've finally been able to turn on my Xbox itself without, you know, just relying on streaming on my laptop. We got a code. We got the code for Merge Games and Antab Studio. We got a copy of Foreclosed, which is a cyberpunk-themed kind of comic book-style uh, third-person stealth shooter. It's a lot of words that I like. <laughs> and I was really kind of disappointed. <laughs> It's been fun. Don't <laughs> don't get me good. wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's been it, it's been a lot of fun. I love the style of it. Third person. They, they have they definitely take some artistic decisions with the uh, camera angles, but as far as like the actual like action gameplay goes, it's kind of a letdown. Uh, first and foremost, I had to turn down. I the, believe the word you used was abysmal. <laughs> abysmal. Yeah, I was very disappointed. Um, I, <laughs> I I basically had to like. Tone, like basically turn down the uh, uh, control, like what do they call that? Sensitivity. Yeah, the control sensitivity. Um, basically, because you'd be aiming all over the fucking place, and you really need stability because headshots are one-hit kills on enemies. But you can shoot a guy like in the throat seven times, and he still like won't go down, which is very just like real life. Yeah. <laughs> And I understand, like, coming back at me, like, they're shooting me in the body and I'm not dying right away, but it's like, come on, give me a break. Like, it kind of, like, stumbles them back a little bit, but um, it's kind of unforgiving when it comes to that, as well as, like, you know, you could go through, like, three or four encounters without hitting a checkpoint. So it's, I have, you get killed and you're like, ah, oh, damn it, you have to go all the way back. And I tried different strategies, like being ultra conservative and sticking back and kind of popping off shots here and there. And that seemed to work like the best. At one point I was like, I was like, how about I just go gung ho and just, you know, leave the controller, leave the uh, trigger down, just shoot, 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 shoot. And that also backfired. So ah, I'm going to give it another chance, but it's not too promising. Other than that, yeah. it seems it seems great. I just, and I'm sure if you were really good at third person shooters and just kind of popping off those headshots, which I think I'm not terrible at, but yeah, I want to give it another chance because they did give us the code, but you know they can't all be zingers. Is the story compelling enough to kind of carry you forward, or is it like the gameplay gets in the way? Even that, honestly, like that. I think what they're doing is not really like giving you a bunch of exposition at the very beginning. They're just kind of telling the story as you go, which I really enjoy. But when you can't get past certain gunfights, it's it's like, is it even worth it? Yeah. I know what you mean. Like kind of hindering the progression of the story by 
making you redo stuff over and over. Yep. So I decided to quit playing that last night and um, start on Mass Effect 2. I did meet, beat Mass Effect 1 uh, twice this year, actually. Once uh, the original Xbox 360 version and then uh, the remaster version. I was not on that podcast, though, because I'm pretty sure it's because I had the child. Um, yeah. <laughs> so valid excuse. But yeah, I love Mass Effect. So I started on Mass Effect 2 last night. Once I foreclosed on foreclosed. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so I've been playing some Mass Effect 2. It's definitely different than 1. I'm sure we'll get into it a lot in future podcasts, but it's, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty used to Mass Effect 1. As I said, I beat it twice this year, but 2 has just been, there's definitely a, a curve. So kind of getting used to that. And, uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing. How about you, Pat? Yeah, so similarly to you, I've also started Mass Effect 2. Obviously, we're going to be doing that podcast sometime in the future when we've all beaten it and kind of just doing a spoiler cast on it. But yeah, I'm very much enjoying it. Like, obviously, Mass Effect is one of my favorite series. So getting into it just felt like coming home almost in a way. I was very impressed with the the remaster for Mass Effect 1. Mass Effect 2 looks even better, so you know, excited to put some more time into it. I'm not going to go too in depth because we've, uh, we're going to go into that podcast where we only go in depth. So I do want to briefly talk about it. So I talked about it last podcast, so I don't want to go again too in depth about it, but the, uh, technical alpha for Halo Infinite. So I, I played more of that. I'd only played one day when we were recording our last podcast. So I had played the rest of the weekend. They did do some minor updates here and there. Um, throughout the technical alpha, they added like more difficult bots. Uh, the, the Spartan bots that they added, which was like the highest level of bots that you were facing were pretty aggressive. Like they were throwing perfect grenades. If they had the opportunity and they saw your shields were down and they had a grapple hook, they were like literally grappling hook to melee you and kill you. So really like what they're doing there with the aggressive nature of the bots. Um, they still weren't winning games, at least uh, if you had a, a decent enough team. Like, I, I never lost a match against bots, but I did see some people who were, like, newer to the Halo franchise talking about it on Reddit and stuff, and they're like, yeah, they, the bots came actually pretty close to winning in a couple of matches. So I, I like that difficulty curve for people who particularly are starting the game, you know, not familiar with Halo. It's It's definitely a good place to learn and pick up the mechanics and... Uh, Zach got into the technical alpha and he had played it, I think on Sunday, I want to say. And, uh, he was kind of, it was his first experience to halo multiplayer. And he was talking about like, Oh, the, the grenades are a much bigger part of the combat in halo than they are in the other game, in other shooters. And I'm like, yeah, it's an obvious statement to anybody who's played halo. But if you're not familiar with halo, then yeah, that is something that is kind of unique to halo, but Really enjoyed it. The last couple of hours of the technical alpha, they did switch on PvP like against actual people, and that was super fun. They added like uh, a new map to play. I, I really enjoyed it. The grappling hook feels really good. Uh, I played three. No, I played four games against uh, people. One of them glitched out and made it two v two instead of four v four, and I absolutely demolished people in that match like I went 27 and 3 and um, my teammate was like 7 and 1 or something like that so we absolutely killed like the other team was just they were not having fun probably but I really had fun with Halo Infinite can't wait for the next technical alpha and I can't wait for them to show us more on the campaign because as of right now I know the multiplayer is in good shape like yes it is there are some technical hiccups here and there but you know, this is a two month old build that we had played. So there's no doubt in my mind, they just need to polish it up a little bit and it's going to be a very fun experience, but we don't know much about the campaign besides, you know, the short teaser we had last year and that was in pretty rough shape, you know, people complaining about the, the visuals and stuff, but I'm really excited to see where the campaign has evolved to. And I'm sure they'll kind of be, uh, opening the curtain on that pretty soon here. Um, other than that, I did play a uh, storyteller. Uh, this, we had talked about this in, uh, 
some showcase. Uh, yeah. The Annapurna Interactive Showcase. I remember. And there was a demo on Steam, so I decided to check it out. It is a very fun so far of what I've played. It's basically giving you a scenario, and it's giving you a bunch of elements. And it's like, okay, put put a, a tragic love story together. And you can kind of move people and uh, scenery and stuff around. And then it kind of is pretty smart. And, you know, if you put a grave... And then you put a person next to it. That person is going to be sad. And then you can put another person on the grave and it's like, okay, that person's dead. So then you can kind of like (laughs) mix the elements and depending on what you have in a panel before it or after it, it'll like re uh, adjust what's going on. So for example, like the tragic love story was make a broken heart story. So it's like two people falling in love. They got married. One of them dies and then they find love again through someone else was like the story I made. But then I took away the first panel of them like falling in love. So now the, the lady's like looking at the grave of the guy and she's just going like, what the fuck? I don't know this person. <laughs> and then if you put that panel back in, then it's like, okay, now I, I was, lo- I love the guy who's dead. So, um, they have a, uh, kind of, a you can do, you can go through all the scenarios of like the, uh, the easy stories to do. And then it kind of gives you like a bonus round where you have to go back to the stories you've done. And then now you have to change it. So like, it gives you an element, like it's a story of one broken heart, make it a story of two broken hearts or, uh, you know, a story of betrayal or something like that, like change up what you've already done. So there are some interesting mechanics going on there. And I do want to see how they kind of evolve that in the, the final game. Um, and then next up, I do want to talk about the Forgotten City. Uh, we got a code of this from Future Friends PR. This is developed by Modern Storyteller and published by Dear Villagers. And this is a game that started out life as a mod for Skyrim. So playing it, it's going to feel very similar to Skyrim. Like I, It has like that same first-person... Uh, it's, it almost feels like it's running on the same engine as Skyrim almost, but like it has the cutscenes where like you go up to somebody and then it goes to like a close up of their face and then you can talk and you're not voiced. Like your character is not voiced, but everybody else is voiced. And the premise of this game is very interesting because you are, you create your own character and you wake up on like a riverbank. Uh, you don't have any memory of what, what's going on. Like you were in an accident and uh, you just wake up and Somebody's like, hey, I just pulled you out of this lake. Uh, the person who was with you just went into that temple. Why don't you go after them? So you go into this temple and then you f- you end up falling through this uh, little tunnel thingy and you get to this ancient Roman city that people have been living in for seven months and none of them know how they got there. As you talk to more people, you find out they are living under this golden rule is what they call it where if one person sins everybody in the city has to pay for that sin so everybody's going to be like they have these golden statues all over the city and if somebody sins these golden statues come to life and they start shooting people with arrows and turn them all to gold well the mayor of this like city has figured out a ritual that he can do where he sacrifices himself to create a time loop so every time this happens, as long as he's alive and he can do the ritual, you can go into this time loop and it'll start you off at the beginning where you enter this city. So basically you have to navigate this city, talk to these people and figure out who's the person who is going to sin and stop them. Like that's the the whole thing. Like you, you don't have like any like leveling or, you know, XP or anything. It's, it's about you getting the information that you've learned from one loop to the other and kind of figuring out the best way to do it. So it's like 2021 is the year of time loops. There's so many games that have come out that have to do with time loops. And then, you know, other ones that are going to come out like 12 minutes and death loop. Um, we've had Returnal previously and now the forgotten city. So it's a very interesting concept and it is, it is more focused on the actual like dialogue than it is. Like there is some action elements, like you do end up getting a bow at some point and you are fighting enemies. 
but most of it is just talking and getting this information and figuring out the best way to go through this loop. And it's, it's very interesting. I, I really enjoyed it. It took me, I'm going to say like six hours, maybe seven hours to, to beat. Uh, there are four like different endings you can do. The first ending I got literally within 20 minutes. And then uh, the other endings, obviously, the the canon ending took a, a long time to get uh, based on you had to do certain things in certain orders. And uh, it does get pretty easier, like, the more you get into the loops. Like, you can get the information from, like, the, the first couple of loops and then give it to, like, as soon as you enter the, the loop, there's someone you talk to. And you could be like, hey, shut up. I'm going to tell you to go do this, this, and this. And you have to trust me and go do it. So it's not like you're repeating the same thing over and over again. You can have this guy do a couple of things while you go get other information. Um, the one thing that I did not like about it is the whole point of the game is someone is going to sin at some point and that's going to cause you know, this whole, like everybody in the city to get annihilated and everything. Uh, but there are certain moments where I was about to do something and, uh, whenever you, so like, obviously the first thing I did when I got this information about the golden rule was like, I tested it. So I went and I stole something and then (laughs) this booming voice of God comes down and it's like, uh, the, the many shall pay for the sins of the one and whatever. And like all these statues start coming out of life. And like, I'm like, Oh shit, all this over me stealing like 21 gold pieces. <laughs> so, uh, that was kind of like me testing it. But like there were certain points in like certain loops where I had, I was on the verge of a, a discovery or whatever. And this voice just came out of nowhere and like this, the shit started happening. So I'm like, was that something was that in response to something I had done or was that like the person who was randomly like gonna sin like somewhere else on the map was doing it. So that, that, that information was not like communicated clearly to the player. Uh, but other than that, I really enjoyed it. It goes some, some very interesting places in terms of like philosophy and religion and stuff. So highly recommend playing it. I'd probably give it like an 8.3 out of 10. Um, Forgotten City. It is on Steam, Xbox, and PlayStation, I believe. So, I did also get a code for Greek Tales of Azor from Team Seventeen. Uh, this is a action platformer, kind of think of uh, Hollow Knight, very like hand drawn art style um, platformer action game. Uh, but you have up to like you have three characters that you're controlling like a brother two brothers and a sister that each have different abilities and as you're going through dungeons there are different puzzles you're solving based on um their different abilities and i was very intrigued when i saw the trailer of this when i before i requested the review code and uh it seemed very much like hollow knight but like an emphasis on puzzles more so than combat which that's more my type of game and as i was playing it i'm like okay so this I can see the appeal here. It's just the story itself is pretty generic, at least so far. And the way they do it is you can, you can change who you're controlling with the D pad, like left or right or up changes between all the characters. Uh, But if you hold down the right trigger, they like whoever's within like the siblings who are within your screen will start coming towards you. So you can get everybody together and then if you are within like a certain distance away from your siblings, you can hold down left trigger. And then this changes the input that you're pressing from one character to all of them. So if you want all of them to run, you have to get them all close together and then hold down left trigger. And then as you move the the stick to the left, all of them start moving to the left to the left instead of just your character. Uh, it seems like a, a simplified way to, kind of get everybody where you need them to go but it doesn't work super well in practice Uh, especially being a platformer you have like jumps you have to make and double jumps and stuff like that and the characters control differently so like the sister has a a jump and glide like you have to hold a and she'll glide a certain distance the other uh the one of the brothers just does a normal double jump so it's hard to control all of them together when you're trying to get them all at a certain spot. So it's, it's kind of like you do have to individually move them for certain instances of it. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work right. I I wish there was a button just to have 
AI control the siblings as you're playing as like one of the siblings. So it's like, okay, press this button and then they'll follow you no matter what they will. Uh, so you mostly have to control them for movement, but if they're, if, if you're playing, uh, and there's an enemy coming towards a sibling you're not controlling, they will auto attack them if they get close enough, but that's all they'll do. They won't actually like move out of the way or jump or dodge or anything. So it is kind of, uh, kind of hectic in, in, in battle scenarios. Like there's a boss fight I, I faced with, uh, controlling two different siblings and it was, I was hitting the boss with one of the siblings, but the boss was hitting the other sibling and I, I lost because the boss killed the other sibling, uh, while I was controlling one sibling. So if, if one sibling dies, you have to reset. And it is like hollow Knight, where it's like certain instances where it saves and you have to go back to that spot. It is pretty forgiving in in terms of like having safe spots right in front of like big battles and stuff like that. But it is, it is a little clunky in terms of controlling all of them. But, uh, I do definitely want to play a little bit more of it, but so far it's okay. Um, I will you know, once I unlock like the third sibling and stuff, we'll see how interesting the story gets. But as of right now, it's just, it's pretty generic. Um, and that is pretty much all that I have been playing. Uh, split gate. Oh yeah. I saw some videos of people playing. It's like a halo and portal. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you mentioned it, I did try to play split gate, but I have not been able to. So if you guys are uh, hardcore fans of the podcast, you know, I talked about this about a year ago when it was in early access. It is basically halo with portals. It plays just like halo, but you have the option to throw portals at certain surfaces on the map, which will allow you to like portal through them. So, you know, it's the same physics that portal had, where you can infinitely go in a loop and all of that. And it does add like really interesting combat scenarios uh, in terms of like having the portals. Like you could be chasing somebody who is chasing you through the portals over and over again. So you're like, damn, I'm trying to shoot this guy, but I'm getting shot in the back. Like who's shooting me in the back? The guy I'm trying to shoot in the back is the one who's doing it. So uh, pretty interesting there. It has come a long way. So I, I haven't played it in a year, obviously, but I've seen gameplay. And it has come a long way in terms of polish. Uh, like when I played it last year, it was very rough around the edges, but I could tell they had the bones of a great game. Well, that's clearly like it, it kind of blew up overnight. Uh, I think the developers mentioned that they went from 10,000 or they went from a thousand people playing it to like 200,000 people playing it like overnight. So they did not have the server load to back up all these players at the same time. It is available on every platform, by the way, PC, Xbox, uh, except Switch, I think, right now. Um, but it is cross-play and all of that, so you can play it wherever. It's free to play. Um, but they they had to get a an investor to put in a bunch of extra money into the thing to get more servers and get that like set up. So I tried to play like three or four different times in the past like couple of weeks, and every time it put me in a queue, and it's like, we're trying to get you into a game, and then it would go just kind of scroll for a minute, and then it would try and get me into a game again, and then it would just go back to that same queue. So you know, I, I, after like a couple minutes or a couple tries or whatever, I'm like, okay, I'll just go play something else right now. But it's clearly very popular, and uh, I am excited to play it again. So keep an eye out on Splitgate, especially if you're a fan of Halo. It's, it's probably going to be a good thing to kind of hold you over until Infinite comes out. All right, so that's pretty much uh, what have you been playing. Uh, so moving on, so we don't have a topic of show, but we do have quite a few stories for not so new, so we're just going to kind of go through them. Starting off with the Xbox Indie Showcase. Uh, so this was just this past week. Uh, they had a bunch of different indie games that they kind of showed off, and in between they had the the hosts kind of react to them and talk about them. We'll talk about the format in a bit, but we're just going to kind of go off, go through and go off on the highlights. This was like a four hour long showcase, so we're not going to hit everything, but these are some of the games that looked kind of interesting to me. So we have Labrat. This is a top-down puzzle game. This satirical adventure stars a metrics-obsessed AI who will monitor, profile, and entertain you as you progress through over a hundred genre bending puzzles. Uh, the trailer made it seem very much like portal. Like the AI is like GLaDOS. She's like testing, uh, you and then stuff starts going wrong. And, uh, 
at one point she's like, everything is normal. Everything is 200% normal. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. So it's going to have like that comedic element to it looks like. And it, it is uh, coming out spring 2022, but it looked very much like my type of game. Like I could see, you know, they, they have over a hundred different puzzles uh, that are slowly going to kind of build and give you more story on this AI and whoever you are as like the lab rat. I could see myself getting this on switch and kind of just playing a couple puzzles every now and then and going through it. It seems very, uh, very up my alley. If you say portal vibes, then I'm very interested. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, Oh, what was that? The Turing test? I don't know if you remember that one. The Turing test. Yeah, yeah. Turing test. Yeah. That had portal vibes. That was, that was all right. You know, nothing could be as good as portal is, but uh, I'm excited. Let's yeah. say if, if it works valve does want to make another portal like other people are going to pick up that ball so no they just don't know how to make trilogies <laughs> all right so next up we have the veil shadow of the crown so this is very interesting in that it is an entirely auto audio based adventure game that is fully deaf accessible it's releasing on august 6 2021 and basically when you start the game it's going to tell you to close your eyes they do recommend you play with headphones and it is a bunch of like if you remember the old school like text-based adventures it's like that with audio so they said it is like open world and you're going to have different audio cues and it's going to have like 3d audio so you're going to know like okay there's sound coming from the right over here and then from like the left over here sounds like it's a town so you can move the control stick to the like left and then you'll go that direction and then you know the the sound will get louder and then you'll be in this town and they said you can kind of navigate based on you know if you can hear like the pub or if you hear like the the sheriff's office or whatever you can kind of move that direction and it's going to give you like audio cues and quests and stuff and there's actually combat in in that you'll be put into a battle and you'll kind of hear sounds of the battle coming at you so if the enemy is to your right you move the control stick to the right and then you'll either attack to the right or you time it and you attack you like block the attack that's coming from the right it's very hard to kind of explain this to you in in terms and uh obviously they had uh they had steve sailor who's the the blind gamer on twitch um kind of talking about it he was uh he, he had played sections of it and he's kind of describing like what it is like for him to play, um, you know, being a blind gamer and everything, but it sounded very interesting. And I think there was a demo of this during the last Xbox indie showcase, but I had not played it cause I had not known this was the, the elevator pitch for the game, but I will definitely try it and play it when it does come out. It does seem very interesting in terms of having an experience that you've never had before. So I don't know what you guys thoughts on that, on that are, but. I think that's that's amazing. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited about it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like an interactive audiobook. Yeah, and it's funny because they had the developer on for like the interview, and he's like, I, "I didn't set out to make an audio adventure. It was purely a economic choice. Like, I did not have the budget to make a fully 3D, you know." visual game but i did have the budget to make a very immersive audio game so he's like i just went with that route and i'm like that's a pretty interesting solution to that problem so yeah like nothing like that has happened before so that is yeah i'm very that seems like it might be really fun and that came out it says eight it's coming out oh no wait that's not right is it (laughs) is it is it already out it might be September, or it might be the 26th. Hold on. August 19th. I don't know where I got 6th from. <laughs> so keep an eye out for that next week. And that is on Xbox and Steam, I believe. Yep. Next up, we have uh, Eon Drive. So this is a action platformer with a speedrunning twist where uh, the developers were talking and like each level is like you have a 30-second timer, but you can pick up additional... like pickups on the map that give you more time so they said you can either get those pickups and then have like a a shit ton of time to beat the level or you could try to make it more difficult for yourself 
and beat it in like the shortest amount of time by like skipping those power ups. And it is anywhere from solo to up to four people co-op. They said it is coming out 2021, but they didn't specify an actual date. But yeah, it seems a very much like a, you know, old school action platformer, but you got the speed running aspect to it. So Moving on to Ali Ali World. So this is the third entry in the Ali Ali series. It is a skateboarding action platformer coming out winter 2021. And they kind of gave us a new trailer with some new gameplay and they did show off some customization elements to it. So something to keep an eye on if you're interested in those. And then just some other announcements that they had over the course of the show. So Stardew Valley, the the really popular kind of like Harvest Moon-like farming game uh, is coming to Xbox Game Pass sometime this year. Sam and Max Save the World Remastered got a stealth release. And then uh, Library of Runia is also got a stealth release, but this one is on Game Pass. So if you are interested in any of those, uh, I think, Rick, you are a fan of Sam and Max, right? I actually never played Sam and Max. My friends did, and I just never had a copy, but I always wanted to. But it's not on Game Pass, which is weird. Yeah, not on Game Pass. Just uh, was stealth released. So I I expect this to come to Game Pass at some point. If it's not on there, like at launch, probably in the next couple of months. It is a very Game Pass-like game. So those were kind of the highlights. They did have a couple of other ones that were kind of just like, here's a trailer that doesn't give you much about the actual game. But, you know, we're announcing this indie game, so I didn't really include those on here. They are learning, I guess I'll give them that. Xbox, ID at Xbox is learning. The last showcase was eight hours. This one was only four. So uh, they are moving in the right direction, but get that down a little bit more. We don't need reactions from the hosts that, like, there was literally, uh, at some point, I'm like, they did not prep these hosts at all because the host had no idea of what like was going on or like what that game was. Uh, there's a game from uh, the developer was uh, Break Free. And they when it cut back to the host, they're like, wait, was that Game Freak? Did they just announce a Game Freak game? And, and I'm like, no, that was Break Free was the developer. But, you know, I guess <laughs> that was probably the first time you saw that trailer too. So, I mean, it sucks to be in that situation, but... That's on Xbox and Twitch. Like, stop doing that. Just make it small, condensed showcases, and then then you can have the reactions from the hosts and do all that stuff that people can tune in for later. But moving on, so there was another indie showcase that I think Xbox can learn a lot from, which was the Nintendo Indie World. Uh, again, kind of the same thing. We're just going to go and hit the highlights. So they started off with uh, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Cyberfunk, I'm sorry. Uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Uh, basically, this is a spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. So if you've ever played Jet Set Radio or J- Jet Set Radio Future, it's got that like very uh, futuristic rollerblading tagging aesthetic going on. And it is going to be a timed exclusive for the Switch in 2022. So looks very interesting. I do want to kind of see what the price point is and you know, a little bit more in terms of what's actually included in there. But I was a big fan of uh, Jet Set Radio Future. It was actually one of the, that and Sega GT were the games that came with my original Xbox. So um, I will definitely be keeping an eye on this. Rick, you got any history with Jet Set Radio? Oh, yeah. yeah I'd say I did get that pack that came with the uh, Xbox. I Like, we got our Xbox, like, the one of the first ones. So I didn't come with my Xbox, but... I think I borrowed somebody's copy and oh man, I fell in love with that game. That was so much fun. So this is a yeah. spiritual successor and count my ass in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had a uh, shovel Knight pocket dungeon. So I think this game had originally come to like mobile and now it's coming to switch. It is a falling block puzzle game with a dungeon crawling twist. So you can play as all the different characters from shovel Knight, And it is like kind of like a Tetris like, matching game type thing they they showed a lot of stuff going on in this trailer so <laughs> all of this could just be bullshit but it is coming winter 2021 to switch so if you are excited about shovel knight keep an eye out on that 
And then they showed Eastward. This is a 2D action RPG in a futuristic dystopia. It is releasing on September 16th as a timed console exclusive. Uh, it is published by Chucklefish, but I don't know who the developer is. I think it's like a a a brand new developer, but we'll see how it goes. It looks good. It looks kind of like a ah, just visually and even with the dystopian thing kind of reminds me of Chrono Trigger, which definitely piques my it interest. It had kind of like the Pokemon, like old school Pokemon thing where it's like top down, you're moving, got the character 2D. Oh, Same yeah. art style. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then they did do some shadow drops. So Garden Story, which is a like top down Zelda like. Uh, Boyfriend Dungeon, which is a dungeon crawling dating sim. Which has been dropping and, like all over the place. I saw that on Game Pass today as well. Yeah. And then... Uh, wasn't that like apparently like really popular? I thought people were like really liked that game. Yeah, it was uh, highly anticipated really in terms of like indie game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where it like was combining genres that you normally see combined, um, and then Axiom Verge Two, which was the highly anticipated Metroidvania, developed by one person, that has like the dual reality mechanic, and you can get a bunch of different abilities and stuff. Um, I actually had this on my fantasy critic, and it got a shadow announcement release. Uh, it is coming soon to PlayStation. But it dropped today on Steam, or like the day of the Indie World, on Steam and Switch. So, um, yeah, those were like indie games can do that. I don't think you can do that with a AAA game where it's just like a here it is out now. <laughs> but with like indies, it's like <laughs> hey, word ref- of mouth is our refresh your game pass because Halo's on there right fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? I I enjoyed this. Like obviously, I was expecting. When they announced this, I just want news of Hollow Knight, Silk Song, and we didn't get that here, and I thought this was the perfect opportunity for it. That's fine. We'll probably get it at Gamescom. Fingers crossed, because <laughs> that game needs to come out this year. Um, but overall, I think it was a, an okay showing. You know, They had some interesting things, uh, some things I had never heard of, and some stealth drops, so... The good thing was it was short, condensed. It was like 20 minutes. They got all the information out, and then it was over. And then if you wanted more, they did have press releases on the Nintendo site and everything that you could research into yourself. Again, this is a template I think Xbox should be using for their indie showcases. Uh, But for some reason, they just want to do the four- to eight-hour-long showcases with random hosts reacting to stuff. So. Any other thoughts on the Nintendo Indie World? I don't know. Nothing that really, like, that I was super excited for that was announced or anything. So, I mean, interesting. A lot of interesting things they got going, but nothing that tickled my fancy, personally. Yeah, you're, you're probably more excited for the Pokemon showcase next week, right, Chance? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, hopefully more... Uh, look, I, I kind of want to know more about the... Um, Ar- Arceus? Legends of Ar- Arceus. Excited for that one. Oh, the eighteenth, August eighteenth was. Sounds uh, right. That sounds. Everyone tune in for that. Yeah, we will talk about that on our next podcast. But moving on to rumors now, so we have a report from Kotaku, which mentions uh, Rockstar is preparing a collection of Grand Theft Auto Three, Vice City, and San Andreas remastered for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X and S. PC, Stadia, mobile, and even Switch. Fun fact, this would make it the first 3D GTA game to release on Nintendo console. Wait, wasn't Chinatown uh, Wars? That is not, that's a portable, not a console. And that was uh, top-down, wasn't it? It was It was top-down, it was still 3D. Third person, how about that? <laughs> so, uh, if you have only a Switch and have never played these games, probably good news for you. But uh, Kotaku reports that all of these games will be remastered using the Unreal Engine and will be a mix of new and old graphics. Uh, they went on to say a source who had seen the games in action described them, described the visuals akin to a heavily modded version of a classic GTA title. So, I mean, what? That sounds okay, but those games are pretty dated in terms of gameplay and visuals. So I'm wondering how much they're going to do in terms of quality of life 
improvements. I'm not a game developer, but it sounds like if they are importing it to Unreal Engine, that's more of a remake than a remaster. Kind of like what we got with the uh, the recent Mafia games. And I really liked what they did with that in terms of bringing it up and making it like a modern title. So hopefully that's what they're doing here. But if it's all three games in a collection, again, my mind goes to more so remaster than a remake. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? I just want a GTA 6. Yeah, they're probably not going to get that for another six, seven years. Honestly, it's it's a kind of a nice move by Rockstar. If, they, if this actually is not just a rumor, if this is actually going to happen. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of news outlets reporting on it, and they're saying it is r- rumored to release around late October or early November this year. So crazy if it is true. <laughs> yeah, that that soon. It's crazy. It seems like it'd be fun be nice to go back but then again yeah. a lot of times like these old gta games like back in the day they were great but i don't know i just don't know if they age too well yeah i mean san andreas and vice city i well, i know san andreas for sure is like a huge class of people love that one uh, and then i remember playing vice city too like i can already remember some of the parts of the map and everything like i think i mean those two are going to be huge um yeah, yeah i mean I'm, all three games looks look like they're going to be you know I, yeah, I guess I just don't know what to expect, personally. Um, yeah, I mean, I might be in the minority here, but, like, I don't remember... Like, the first GTA game I remember in terms of story is GTA 4. Uh, before that, I have played the other ones. I have played Vice City. I've played San Andreas. I've played a little bit of 3. I don't think I've ever beaten 3. But if you put a gun to my head and said, like, what's the story of San Andreas? I'd be like... I don't know, man. He's trying to make it in in the world of and the gangsters. He lives in that little cul-de-sac. That's all I... Yeah, and, and you can exactly. work out. Um, so, That's oh, about yeah. it. So am I interested in going back and replaying the story of San Andreas? No. Am I interested in going back and fucking around in the world of San Andreas? Maybe. But again, how dated is that gameplay? If I just want to go fuck around... Isn't GTA five the better source to do that? Like, I don't know for me, this doesn't seem like I don't want this is what I'm saying. Like very much like chance is saying, I'd rather have GTA six or, um, an update. I would play cause the story is so much awesome of red dead one. I would replay a remake of red dead one using the red dead two engine, but I'm not sure who is who this really is for would you guys pay 60 bucks for these three games packaged together remastered no nope. <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i don't know maybe if you're a hardcore fan of gta and like you've just been itching to play because is there a good way to play these i'm sure they might be available on mobile actually you could play these on android i'm so. sure that you can also i'm i'm at least I'm pretty sure San Andreas is on the Xbox store. Don't quote me. Very weird to be devoting resources to this when there are other games. I mean, I'm sure this will sell well. GTA, you know, oh yeah, as a brand is is very popular, so but I I just I personally think this is an odd move. But what are you going to do? Uh, re-release Grand Theft Auto 5 for yet another console. <laughs> yeah, that's it's crazy to me that the Xbox One and PS4 generation did not have an original GTA title. Because remember, GTA 5 is was released on the 360 and the PS3. So, but moving on, Chance, you'll you'll be excited about this. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard was leaked. Uh, it was part of an update for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Uh, it got an update, you know, cause you can, they're, they've been doing this thing where, uh, once the trailer and like the new game is announced, it has a little thing where you click on it and you can pre-order the new game from the old game. So they added those files to black ops, cold war. It's not available to do right now, but somebody data mined the, the update and they found these images for like the logo and you know, the title and um, the different versions that'll be available. So it is going to world war two again. And just like call of duty, black ops, cold war, you're going to have a current gen, 
a next gen and a cross gen bundle. So I'm assuming it'll be $70 or was it 70 or 80 for uh, both versions this time around? I don't know. I don't remember. Probably 80. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. It it seems very odd that we have (laughs) not had Call of Duty revealed yet. But, you know, with COVID and all the shit that's happening at Activision Blizzard, uh, in terms of the lawsuit, we talked about it last week. They they need to get their ship in order. So, or house in order, uh, whatever that phrase is. Get your house Um, in order. Get get your ship in order, too, because you can't have a ship that's out of order. Like an elevator. (laughs) Either way, uh, I I think uh, because this got leaked, there's probably an uh, announcement incoming soon, maybe even next week. There's rumors of a Sony state of play happening next week, and they do have that marketing deal with Sony. It seems natural that they'd have an announcement there, but we did get it leaked here, so it might just have been like a a trailer goes live at a random Wednesday or something because they don't want to put too much emphasis on it with the whole lawsuit and everything going on. But Chance, what are are your thoughts? Uh, World War II again? Does that excite you? Disappointed? I've always been known as the Call of Duty guy on on the the podcast and just in general when we played first-person shooters. I don't know. I couldn't care less. Uh, I don't... uh, uh, I mean, it's Call of Duty. So, I mean, it's going to be, you know, it's going to have that, you know, great maybe gun feel and call, you know, it's going to have, you know, all the attachments and all the leveling up, whatnot, whatever. Um, I just feel like it's not going to be... You know, it's it's kind of turning into like sports games, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, I'm finally starting to catch on. I feel like it takes people longer, I guess, when it comes to Call of Duty, because people like that fast-paced arcade kind of you know gameplay. Um, but I'm just I'm kind of like ready to play other kind of first-person shooters other than Call of Duty. Like I'm more excited for Battlefield, actually. Um, I mean, of course, I may look into Call of Duty. You know, Halo Infinite. Think- Come on. Yeah, I do want to get more into Halo too. Um, Halo and Battlefield. Are like Halo Two, you can get into right now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I want to play the new Halo. Um, Halo also. So, okay. All right. Okay. Um, but uh, Call of Duty in World War Two. Like, I think they've made like four games of World War Two or something. Like, I don't care. Like, I mean, how much of the same, you know setting and shit you can have in a Call of Duty game? Like, they're running out of ideas or something. They need to do something new. I want to. I guess I'll, I, you know, I'm going to look out for trailers. I mean, everyone should be looking out for it. Um, but I don't think it's going to be anything amazing. I think it's just going to be Call of Duty, especially with all this stuff going on with Blizzard. Call of Duty already gets kind of hated on for, for call, be Call of Duty kind of thing. Um, but um, you know that people might protest playing the game, like they have, like how they already do with like uh, World of Warcraft and other Blizzard games. So I mean, it doesn't bode well for Call of Duty. So um, that's how I feel personally. Rick, you've played a lot of uh, Black Ops Cold War. What What are your thoughts on a uh, Vanguard? I say I not like the one I like the Call of Duty I bought a few years back. Um, before you know my last Call of Duty experience before Cold War was World War Two, and I enjoyed it. And they basically kind of uh, you know they reuse maps like they don't have any more maps. Um, so. There's only so many maps in the well, world. That's, that's the thing that annoys me, is they keep just, oh, guess what? This map is coming back! Yo, it's been in the last five Call of Duties, it's back! I'm and just saying, like, they better they have don't Nuketown. don't care. They better have Nuketown. <laughs> yeah, Nuketown will be there. They're going to have Nuketown, but it's going to be World War II, so it's going to be, like, the first actual Nuketown. It's going to be in Japan, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be crazy. But, yeah, honestly, with the whole Blizzard Activision thing, I could really give a shit. This is kind of unprecedented in the terms of like we're this late in the year and we haven't had the Call of Duty reveal yet. Do you guys think this will be the first year Call of Duty loses to another shooter? Because they're going up against Battlefield and Halo. I would say yeah, totally. I think it will because yeah, not only because are they having issues uh, in Activision Blizzard, but um, I think people are gonna like I said they're gonna protest it. Um, you know they they have issues going on, so it's probably not gonna be the best. Um, you know what I mean? Like people working on it, or, you know, it's probably going to be the last thing in their mind with, you know, their working situation that they're dealing with. Um, and then, um, and also doesn't Ubisoft have like a shooter coming out? Yeah. They, uh, they announced their, um, Tom Clancy's, yeah, the Tom uh, Clancy thing, uh, X defiant, I believe it was called or something. Uh, they announced that a while ago. So, so it's going to have to go up against that too, which like that whole fan base, like it, it's going to be, 
I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if they just very, if they uh, just kind of relied on uh, sticking with Cold War and Warzone and just not really do one this year. Yeah, Halo is free to play, so obviously the barrier of entry is much lower on that. Of course, Halo is only available on PC and Xbox. It's not on PlayStation, so there is that whole like hundred million audience that owns a PS4 that wouldn't be able to play Halo if that's the only console they have. Battlefield is on everything, but it doesn't have a campaign this year, so I'm not sure how much that'll factor into all of this. Probably not as much as it should, but do I think Call of Duty will be the the highest-selling shooter this year? Yeah, because it's Call of Duty. So um, I, I think the general public doesn't pay attention to any of the the gaming insider news that we talk about they probably have no idea this is happening with blizzard they probably have no idea blizzard is associated with call of duty so is it gonna i i think i think vanguard is going to be the best selling shooter this year um you guys don't seem to think that i think they're going to be down i mean i think they i mean it's a possibility that they could anybody care to make a pizza bet Uh, no zach's not here to do it (laughs) You're not feeling that confident? No, I don't really know what's going to happen. So I'm not going to bet on it. All right. Fair enough. I will uh, talk to Zach next pod and see if he wants to get roped in that again. and Buy me another pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts on Call of Duty? What do you guys think of the title? Vanguard? It's not... Yeah, the, it's kind of like a last, generic name. Like The last know, World weird. War II one was just World War II, right? Yep. So it's less generic than that, I guess, but still, it's not like uh, Modern Warfare or any of the, like, the big franchises that they're known for, so, yeah. Uh, last story here, let's talk about Abandoned. So we did talk about this a while ago, but you guys might need a refresher. Uh, this is the indie game from Blue Box Studios that the internet was so convinced was a Kojima, a secret Kojima game. They you know, announced this. They're like, no, we're not affiliated with Kojima. People are like, oh, it's, it's a silent Hill game. And they're like, no, we're not affiliated with Konami. We're just a game. (laughs) We're going to give you more information soon. Please stay tuned or whatever. And then they're like, we're going to do this marketing thing where we're going to give you a real, uh, an app to get a real time experience. Like we want the, the app, like the trailer to run in real time on your PlayStation. So you can see how gorgeous this game looks because we're, we're focused on making this game look really good and stuff. And people are like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> that's something Kojima would do. You are a hundred percent Kojima. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, no. But our game does start with S and ends in, uh, L. <laughs> so people are like, silent hill what the fuck <laughs> and they're like no no we, we you can't believe you misconstrued that as something else that's not what we meant we don't want to confuse you or anything but it, it's just been a complete like shit show over there so this app was supposed to come out two months ago and then they they said they had some issues and then they delayed it so it was supposed to come out like the delayed date was august 10th Literally minutes before the update was supposed to go live, they tweeted out saying, um, we're having some issues. It's going to be delayed. We'll keep you posted or whatever. Two days went by with them just periodically sending out tweets saying like, hey, we we're trying to isolate the issues, but there's more problems than we thought. There were engine issues. Uh, there was a graphical glitch, all this like excuse after excuse after excuse until finally today, uh, August 14th, they up, they, uh, launched the update when they did that, they deleted all their previous tweets saying that there was issues with the, the app and there was a five gigabyte update that went live today. People finally had a chance to download it and experience this real time, uh, trailer or whatever they wanted to call it real-time experience um and it turned out to be a four second teaser that they had tweeted out on the 10th so what the fuck is going on with this game they have not said anything since they released this uh as of recording at least they have not said anything else since releasing this update but what are your guys' thoughts on this like this is 
insane. Like, have you ever heard of anything like this? Is this company real? Like, is this Kojima? Is this a scam? Like, what's going on? I feel like it's best just to prevent the headache and just not worry about it. <laughs> just don't think much of it. I want to know if this game is real because there's some, if you go down the Reddit rabbit hole of abandoned, there's some crazy shit you'll find. Like apparently blue box studios had a, a previous horror game that had an episode abandoned and it was kickstarted. And then they're like, we got investment from a private investor. So they canceled the Kickstarter and then that game never came out. And then they've been working on this game supposedly for like the last couple of years or whatever, but somebody found that all the trailer assets that they showed, like in the original teaser and uh, some of the character models and stuff that they've been using are just models you can buy on the Epic asset store, like for unreal. So people are like, are you guys just trying to like scam Sony out of money? Because Sony had a marketing deal. They got a blog post about this game, but it doesn't even seem like this is a legit developer. So like, you know, people have been saying like the Hassan, I forget his name, but the, the person who's in charge of blue box, people are like, he's just a hired actor. Nobody knows who this guy is. There's no like paper trail to his like family or anything like this. So like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I I'm, I'm so confused. I thought we would have had like, I thought this was just a, an indie developer, you know, way in over their head they, they had their marketing get away from them. People like had their expectations astronomical thinking it was a Kojima game. And then we were just going to get a normal trailer today. Actually on the, the 10th, we were just going to get a normal trailer. And then people are going to be like, oh, this is just a indie horror game and then move on with their day. But what we got was this crazy scenario that's still going on. And I, I just don't even know what to think anymore. So, I mean, we'll keep you guys updated, but like. Holy shit, I've just this is just so weird. It just seems like a comedy of errors that's just like blown up way out of proportion and it's just I think I'm pretty sure it's nothing. But the <laughs> fact that like that snowballing and becoming something that's like huge big conspiracy is just it's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> just if this turns out to be Kojima, like it's just going to be like why go through like if anything, you're hurting the image of the game at this point, but I don't think it's Kojima. Like that just seems so. No, I highly doubt it's Kojima, but yeah, I wouldn't, but still Kojima is so weird that it just like, you can't really not expect it from him. <laughs> There's a 1% chance that's Kojima, but yeah, it's, it's never is... zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just crazy. Um, yeah, if you want to just go down a crazy rabbit hole, go go to the, the subreddit for Abandoned and just spend hours there with fan theories and people doing like extensive research on this studio. But anyway, so that's pretty much the major news stories for this week. Um, like I said, we didn't have like a topic of show. We just kind of went through these, uh, you know, probably go back to some normalcy in the next podcast with... Uh, some other major stuff coming up with like gamescom and stuff like that. So stay tuned for that, but let's end the show with something we haven't in a while. Subpar subtitles. Oh, for those of you who don't know, we like to end the podcast with a game we call subpar subtitles and that's S U B hyphen T I T L E. So basically I take the principle that game developers like naming their game with franchise colon subtitle. So I made a fake subtitle, intermixed it with a bunch of real subtitles, for example, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Uh, and it's our panel's job here to figure out which one is the fake subtitle. We've been keeping score all year. We haven't done this in a while. I think Zach is the one who has the scores. Does anybody remember what the scores were last time? I think we're all tied. All right. You guys are all tied. That's the official score now. So everyone has 12. I don't know. Uh, We'll figure that out. But are you guys ready? Yep. Uh, Sure. All right. Frank's Story, Outlaws and Legends, Pneumonia, Hell on Earth, and Battle for Atlas. 
I'll read those again for those of you listening at home. Frank's Story, Outlaws and Legends, Pneumonia, Hell on Earth, and Battle for Atlas. Chance, what do you choose? I don't think people give shit about Atlas, so I don't think there'd be a very good battle for it. So, <laughs> All right, sound reasoning, can't argue with that. Rick? I'm going to go with uh, Pneumonia. Pneumonia C. All right. Now it's time for the twist. So you guys have the option to keep your answer and you will get three points if that is indeed correct. Or you can choose to risk it all and say all real or all fake. If you choose all real or all fake and that is the case, you will get double the points for a total of six. So chance Please ask Rick what he wants to do. Rick, what do you want to do? I'm going to keep my answer of pneumonia. Rick is keeping his answer. Although Chance. I am leaning to all real. Well, you've done a lot of all real and all fake, so there's no way you'll do it again. So I'm just going to stick with my answer. All right. Chance is sticking as well. All right. Whiskey Mafia. Frank's story. Real game. Hood, Outlaw, and Legends. Real game. Chance, you probably I bought that, that and I never played it. Yeah. <laughs> Pneumonia, not a real game. <laughs> uh, Doom 2, Hell on Earth. Starlink, Battle for Atlas. This was the Toys to Life game from Ubisoft that featured Star Fox in the Nintendo Switch version. Real game. So, I believe Brick is winning now with three points more than everyone else. So... There you go. Uh, eat it, Zach. Eat it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how you know we do this when he's not here. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can reach us with any questions, comments, concerns. Shit talk Zach for falling behind in subpar subtitles at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. On Twitter, we are at T-U-G-P-O-D. On Instagram, we are at T-U-G underscore P-O-D. On Reddit, we are at r slash TugPod. And on Facebook, we are the Untitled Gaming Podcast. Follow our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash TugPod. We will stream at some point, I promise you. And we also ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us. One-star review for every other podcast. Did we mention we can't it's under nda oh yeah we can't that's right okay yeah. i forgot about that i forgot that was the one that was uh hush hush yeah um but yeah never mind i guess not